You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Liar Podcast with your host Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Wire podcast. How is it going? Listen, the NFL draft has happened. You know what that means? That means that the start of the 2022 fantasy football season has also begun officially. Now I know as soon as the Super Bowl was over, I I made a podcast called The Official Start of the 2022 Fantasy Football Season. But this is the really, really official start of the fantasy football season. This is when things start to get interesting. This is when people start to actually start listening to the podcasts again. So if this is your first time joining since last football season, welcome back. I am glad to have you here. We did a little bit of rebranding. Might do a little more, some some interesting news coming in the next few weeks. But anyways, the, the purpose of today's podcast is to discuss the fantasy football implications of this NFL draft. Who are the fantasy football winners? Who are the fantasy football losers? Well, you came to the right place if you want to find out, because that's that's what I'm going to do. All right, so I want to start things off with going over some of the trades that went down. Uh, The biggest trade probably was the A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles trade. This is very big fantasy football-wise. Why? Because it makes Ryan Tannehill very gross in fantasy football. He's been someone who the streaming quarterback uh, players have loved for the past two, three seasons, uh, ever since he had that that playoff savior stretch in fantasy football. He has been a very reliable low-end quarterback, one that you can pick up and plug and play. I don't think so anymore. (laughs) I don't think so anymore. Losing A.J. Brown is massive. Now, long-term real-life fantasy football effects, they did draft his immediate replacement, Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks will be great. I think Rabel's a great coach, and I think the Titans will be fine. But fantasy football-wise, I don't want any part of Ryan Tannehill anymore. Derrick Henry, this doesn't really affect Derrick Henry in my eyes. As long as Henry is healthy, he'll be fine in fantasy football. He'll be great, actually. Uh, But who does this hurt as well? A.J. Brown, honestly, because Brown goes from a team that liked to run the ball to a team that liked to run the ball even more. The Eagles were running the ball an extraordinary amount of times by the end of last season. You know, 40 rush attempts a game by the very end. It was absolutely crazy. But when they were doing that, they were actually racking up wins. So I think that there's, there's a chance that the volume dips a little bit for A.J. Brown, and the volume was already a concern back in Tennessee. But I do think he'll be very efficient and in real life a great player. But fantasy-wise, he becomes a wide receiver too. No longer a, a, a thought in my head that he's a wide receiver one, given the probable dip of uh, volume. And he's lining up against uh, Devontae Smith, who's a much better wide receiver too than they have had in Tennessee. 
now, Jalen Hurts is the obvious biggest winner here because Jalen Hurts has a bona fide wide receiver one, someone that we have seen produce at an elite level. Not someone who might, not someone who has the potential to, but someone who has. This is massive for Jalen Hurts. It's massive for the offense as a whole. If Jalen Hurts has improved marginally at all next season as a passer, if he has improved at all, he could be the number one fantasy football quarterback. He was great last season. He was fantastic in fantasy football. And he still was pretty shaky throwing the ball. So now with A.J. Brown there, uh, Devontae Smith, a second year under his belt, I think Jalen Hurts will be fantastic in fantasy football, even if he hasn't improved. But if he has improved, holy smokes, he's going to be fantastic. And I, I do have faith he has improved because this is a move that a team makes when they have faith in their quarterback. They said, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to get you the weapons you need to make a playoff run. This was not some sort of, uh, you know, like <laughs> this shows commitment. This shows some commitment to Jalen Hurts. Now, another winner, and this isn't the most obvious, but Miles Sanders kind of wins. Why? Because the offense is going to be a whole lot better than they were last year with this addition of A.J. Brown. And Miles Sanders did not get any competition added in this draft to his backfield. He is the running back one for the Eagles. And as long as he is healthy, I think he could be a very prolific fantasy football running back option. I don't see... The problem with saying that, every time I talk about him, people get mad. People get upset. They say there's no way he'll be a good fantasy footballer. I, I don't know why. He was averaging the highest yards per carry by the end last season. When he was healthy, he was great. And I don't know. Maybe he's injury prone. I don't know a running back who's not injury prone. Right now, he is uh, fantasy pros running back 29, which seems egregious. I'm sure it will go up. But Kenneth Gainswell is getting hype on Twitter. That's what I don't understand. Gainwell is getting hype on Twitter, and people are just forgetting about Miles Sanders, the actual running back one in Philadelphia. So I think if people continue ignoring him, Miles Sanders could be a fantasy football league winner based on the expectation that he is going to be completely irrelevant. Devontae Smith, obviously, this hurts is he will not be the wide receiver one. But once again, I think he'll be a little undervalued because of this. Uh, and I think he will have a very solid season. All right, moving on to the next big fantasy football trade that happened during the draft. Marquise Hollywood Brown was sent from the uh, Baltimore Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. For a second, it looked like the Cardinals finally had a really complete wide receiver room. And then, well, you know, what seemed like 45 minutes later, DeAndre Hopkins got suspended for the first six games of the season for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug substance policy. They found beaver tranquilizer in his tests. I, I, I don't know how, but doesn't matter. He's gone for the first six weeks. So before, before Hopkins was gone, this trade really helped Hollywood Brown's value. He went from a very, very run-heavy team to a very pass-heavy team. Now, with Hopkins gone, his value goes through the roof. He's the wide receiver one now on a pass-heavy team. It's yet to, to be seen if he can actually produce. 
my money is on him. I think he's a more talented player than people uh, people pretend he is. People don't like him because he's dropped some really big plays. But I think he's a very capable wide receiver, and I think he'll be a very low-end, probably medium to high-end wide receiver too with Hopkins out. Now, who does this help the most, really? It really helps J.K. Dobbins. That's who it really helps. Because this is a team that we know they like to run the ball. We heard that they might be going after Melvin Gordon. If not, they might try to find another running back in the draft. They did neither. They did not sign Melvin Gordon, and they did not get another running back. They have confidence that J.K. Dobbins will be ready, ready to take a very heavy workload. And Gus Edwards, of course, he will have his fair share. But that means they have confidence in both of these guys that they will be healthy. I personally get scared with running backs one year out of that ACL tear. We have a a massive history of running backs busting that season after. But this is a big boost of confidence that the Ravens were willing to then go and trade their wide receiver one away. That shows a lot of confidence that they not only want to run the football, but they believe they can with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So those guys get a bit of a boost of confidence in my eyes. And Rashad Bateman, obviously he gets a boost. He's now the wide receiver one for Lamar Jackson. And Mark Andrews, I don't think he gets a big boost. I think he's going to be great, kind of as always. All right. So those were the two main trades that went down. Now, some of the more interesting picks that happened, a lot of wide receivers drafted. Drake London, we'll talk about first to the Atlanta Falcons. London landed, he was the first picked, round one, pick eight. He landed in a spot that is very barren, the Atlanta Falcons. I I, I can't name another wide receiver there. I mean, Zacchaeus, I guess, Auden Tate, I guess. So Drake London, he's stepping into what should be the wide receiver one role. Now, I've been an Auden Tate truther, for longer than I'd like to admit, and it hasn't ever played out. So I think Drake London really will, given that draft capital, be the wide receiver one. But the question is, how valuable is a wide receiver one on the Atlanta Falcons with Marcus Mariota as quarterback? Probably not very valuable. I can't imagine him being better than a you know, wide receiver 18. I think he'll be below that, honestly. Uh, I think the real wide receiver one is a tight end, Kyle Pitts. Uh, so I just am not super high on this landing spot. I think it helps Marcus Mariota quite a bit, though. I I kind of like Marcus Mariota. I'm a little scared to say that and post it publicly, but I kind of like Marcus Mariota as a very late-round sleeper quarterback pick, given that rushing ability given that he wasn't absolutely wretched as a passer when we saw him, I I, kind of like him in fantasy. I don't think he'll support, you know, a great season from any of these wide receivers, but he himself might have some very fantasy-relevant games, very, very startable. So we'll talk about that later on in the quarterback podcast, but that is the first wide receiver, Drake London. Next is Garrett Wilson. This landing spot is a lot, you know, sexier because you can see that clear upside, that clear path to stardom, especially if you start looking at the comparisons. Oh, this is, you know, this year's uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. 
I I'm not buying that quite. I'm not ready to just assume that Zach Wilson is going to make the massive leap forward. The offensive line is still a pretty big issue. But Garrett Wilson steps into this New York uh, Jets wide receiver room. He will be competing for the wide receiver one role with uh, Elijah Brown. Um, Elijah Moore, I mean, Elijah Moore. Elijah Brown was the one I went to high school with, gosh. Uh, He'll be competing with Elijah Moore, who's very capable, and this will just be a very solid wide receiver room. Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, fantasy football-wise, dead to me. Don't want to touch them. But I think Garrett Wilson could have a very relevant season. I don't think it'll be early, early on. I still think there are a lot of kinks that the Jets need to work out, honestly. I think people are overhyping them a bit. But he could be one of those guys who kind of comes on strong at the back half of the season. We know he's talented. He was projected as maybe the first wide receiver off the board. He went second. We know he's talented. We know the Jets like him. They, they spent that 10th overall pick on him. If Zach Wilson can take that step forward and that line can hold up enough, I think Garrett Wilson could surprise a lot of people fantasy football-wise, but I'm not ready to hail him as this fantasy football, you know, someone you should be drafting early at all. I'm not ready for that just because I don't have faith in the Jets. I guess I've I've been along too round. I've been around too long to have faith in the Jets yet. Now, Chris Alave, this is the first where fantasy football-wise, I am stoked about this. Chris Alave picked 11th for the New Orleans Saints. This is big. They traded up from spot 16. They traded quite a bit to go up a few spots to 11 and select Chris Alave. That is some big draft capital invested in Chris Alave. Jameis Winston gets way too much hate. I get it. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. But he has supported fantasy football wide receiver ones, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. He has supported them throughout his career. He had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as top five wide receivers, both of them at the same time just a few years ago. Chris Alave, in my eyes, was drafted to be the Saints wide receiver one. What this draft pick, the trading up from, what this screamed to me was that the Saints do not have confidence in Michael Thomas. He's coming back from an, a very, a very bad injury that was botched the recover. We know that. And he's 29 years old. He's not a, a, a spring chicken by any means. And he's coming off this massive injury, and they go trade up and get Chris Alave, another Ohio State wide receiver. Chris Alave is drafted to be the wide receiver one for the Saints this season. For a quarterback who has supported some really great fantasy football wide receivers, I think Chris Alave could be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver this season. I'm I'm trying not to get carried away. And I think with all these other rookies, I've been very, you know, hey, you know, they could be, they could go on. Chris Olave, though, I have a good feeling about this. He, he, he fits the Saints system so well. What they like to do with those possession wide receivers, I think Chris Olave is about to have a really massive season for the Saints. And I think that Michael Thomas is going to completely fall off. And it pains me to say that. In Dynasty League, I've I've owned Michael Thomas his whole career. I, I've been a big fan of him. But I think that injury and him starting to get a little bit older, I that trade up from 16 to 11, read between the lines. 
it's pretty obvious what's going on. All right, a few picks later, actually one pick later, Jamison Williams was drafted by the Detroit Lions. Uh, for anyone who hadn't caught on, I'm going through the wide receivers first. Jamison Williams drafted to the Detroit Lions. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know how exactly to feel about this fantasy football-wise. Jared Goff is still the quarterback. That's the biggest, most important thing. And I think DeAndre Swift... Um, I gosh, I don't know. Because here's the thing: he's obviously drafted to be the wide receiver one, which hurts Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think this hurts DeAndre Swift. We've been talking about DeAndre Swift. The Lions getting more weapons doesn't necessarily hurt DeAndre Swift. We talked about the the laugher curve with tax revenue, tax rates, kind of the same. Yes, there might be a few fewer targets going Swift ways, but there will be you know, more touchdowns, more more yardage opportunity. I think this is a good pick for the Lions. I think it really helps them. But Jamison Williams himself, I can't get on board with fantasy football-wise. With Jared Goff there, a few other weapons, and just the Lions suck. They suck. I, I can't get on board with Jamison Williams this season in fantasy football. Long-term, I really like it. He's the wide receiver one of the future. Uh, but next one is Jahan Dotson, drafted to the Washington Commanders, the Commies. He's going to be lining up as the wide receiver two uh, next to Terry McLaurin. <sighs> I, I'm i not super happy with it. Like It's it's good in real life, but fantasy football-wise, I'm not expecting anything spectacular there. He's drafted into a murky situation uh, with a... Uh, not great quarterback, and he's going to be the wide receiver too. So I'm not super thrilled about that one. Now, uh, let's get into, should I do running backs or the other wide receivers first? I think we'll switch over to running backs, do a few running backs before we go over to the other wide receivers. So the first running back taken was Brees Hall. No surprise there. He also went to the New York Jets. Okay, so on TikTok, I've made a few videos that are kind of anti Brees Hall I am not anti Brees Hall. I am anti Brees Hall is a top five running back, which is a, a, a take that has been spread many times over on the app by mostly Max from Fantasy Football AZ. I cannot get on board with that. Michael Carter was pretty good. And I think that Brees Hall will take the full, you know, probably. 65% of the snap share at the running back position for a bad offensive line. And I think Michael Carter will get the rest. That, to me, is not enough to finish as the RB5. It just isn't enough to finish as the RB5. And especially Michael Carter's really good games in fantasy where he was catching the ball a lot didn't come from Zach Wilson. If you recall, they were when Zach Wilson was hurt. Zach Wilson wasn't throwing the ball to the running backs. So... Brees Hall, with a quarterback who doesn't really throw the ball to running back, who just got a really shiny new toy at the wide receiver position, who still has a bad offensive line, I can't see him finishing much higher than, you know, RB12. You know, low, low, low end RB1, very solid RB2. And that's not bad. That's not bad. That's good. That's good for rookie on the Jets. That's spectacular for a Jets running back. But I just am not ready to say that he will be this, this bona fide star. 
With Brees Hall, it depends on where he's being drafted. I don't want him in the first or second round. After second round, I love Brees Hall. But anywhere earlier, I'm staying away. Because I think that he'll start off the season kind of rocky, and you'll be able to trade for him. That's that's where I am. Trade for Brees Hall, don't draft him. Uh, but not that I, I think Michael Carter will be heavily involved, but he's not stepping into this bell cow role. I don't think. Kenneth Walker to the Seattle Seahawks. This was a little disappointing uh, given that Rashad Penny had kind of finally broken out. Uh, this kind of ends the Rashad Penny narratives that I have been holding to. But uh, it kind of ends the Kenneth Walker ones as well. And honestly, I'm not super interested in them for fantasy football, either of them. DFS, sure. I'll do a lot of prize picks, props on them, probably on different matchups because I think they're both great running backs. But with the quarterback situation, Drew Locke, uh, I'm not sold on either running backs having enough of a consistent role to draft them very high in fantasy football. And it's disappointing because two very talented running backs, two that I liked a lot, kind of explode the fantasy situation. James Cook to the Buffalo Bills. He's been getting a lot of hype on Twitter. Uh, I think it's mostly because he's the brother of Dalvin Cook. Um, He joins Singletary, who had a very, very prolific end of last season, and Zach Moss, who didn't. (laughs) James Cook is likened to be the main um, pass-catching back, which isn't great for fantasy because Josh Allen doesn't throw a lot to the running back. He scrambles, he runs. So I think that James Cook is being very overvalued right now in fantasy football dynasty leagues and in this redraft format as well that I'm mostly talking about because I don't think uh, Josh Allen throws a lot to the running backs. I don't think that's going to change. I think he's actually going to throw less with Gabriel Davis having a breakout. And I think that Devin Singletary will be persistent. I think he will be a thorn in the side for James Cook truthers. I I just don't think there's going to be a very good path to success in fantasy football for James Cook this season. Kind of a bummer because we're not getting many rookie running backs who I I like fantasy football-wise. Rashad White, round three, pick 91. This one's interesting. So he will goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks and joins Leonard Fournette, and Ronald Jones is off to Kansas City. So uh, I really like Rashad White in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues. This year, I think it will still be the Leonard Fournette show. Leonard Fournette was very good last season. We all knew they needed to add something else to the running back because Keyshawn Vaughn has not panned out. And I think Rashad White will see some opportunities. I think if he produces, those opportunities will grow into a large role next season. I think that this season is mostly going to be Leonard Fournette and Rashad White might have one or two, you know, weekly fluke blow-up plays. But from a fantasy football perspective, much more interested in him long-term than short-term redraft. Uh, 49ers took another running back. I, I'm not going to talk about the 49ers in terms of their running backs. I don't, I don't know what to think about it. They're not going to be relevant unless the other guys get injured. They'll be relevant for three games, and then they will get injured as well. That's all I'll say. And then they will set the record for fastest run of the season. All right, Brian Robinson goes to the Washington Commanders round three. Ah, no, why? Why can't we get... Antonio Gibson usage. Why? 
why? Do you remember last summer that quote from Ron Rivera where he said that he wants to use uh, he wants to use him like he used Christian McCaffrey. He wants to use Antonio Gibson like Christian McCaffrey. Do you all remember that? Did I dream that? So what is he doing? They bring back J.D. McKissick. Ugh. And then they draft Brian Robinson in the third round. And now reports are saying it's going to be a complete 50-50 timeshare with a little J.D. McKissick sprinkled and absolutely a travesty in fantasy football. I, this just frustrates the heck out of me. And Carson Wentz is leading the offense, so there's the cherry on top. So sick of the Washington Commanders. I'm so sick of them. I'm so sick of the Washington Commanders. Yeah. It just it makes me mad. It makes me mad that they would do that. Uh, now let's move on to the final few wide receivers. Christian Watson to the Green Bay Packers. Here we go. This one's interesting because there, there are two sides to the coin. There's the whole Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw to players he doesn't trust. All right. It's pretty true. We saw that during playoff games, he just leaned so heavily on Aaron Jones and uh, um, Devontae Adams. So a rookie for Aaron Rodgers, he kind of go uh, a little hesitant. But this is the first time that we've got this rookie and there isn't a you know really solidified veteran in the offense. Apart from Aaron Jones, who I think will see a ton of volume through the air, and Alan Lazard, it's pretty up for grabs the rest of the targets that are vacated from Devontae Adams, which are a lot. And I think Christian Watson might be a very good fantasy option. I think he might be a very good fantasy option. If he can earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers during training camps and preseason, I think that Christian Watson will be a very good wide receiver. Whoever becomes his favorite will be great. But you gotta pay attention to who's dropping things in training camps. This Packers training camp will be so important to pay attention to. How is the running back room looking? How are they splitting things up between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Is Aaron Jones moving to much more of a receiving role, or is it still, you know, split on the ground? Who is catching the balls from Aaron Rodgers? Who's dropping them? Who's tipping them up and getting them intercepted? Because Aaron Rodgers does not throw to players he doesn't trust. And if one of these rookies can earn his trust, or if Alan Lazard can really earn the trust and take that next step forward, they will be, you know, top eight wide receivers in fantasy football simply because they are tied to one of the best quarterbacks who has ever played and a coach who is having a historic start to his career. So I really like Christian Watson. I'm not ready to say he's going to be the guy, but his his um, his athletic profile paired with this situation, it's very intriguing and he's definitely worth a draft in any keeper or dynasty leagues for sure. Wandale Robinson to the New York Giants. I'm going to try not to be biased because I'm from Kentucky. I go to UK. I watched Wandale Robinson every home game, and he was pretty great. I, I don't like the landing spot, though. I don't think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. I don't think that the ball is a good coach. Um, Wait, no, never mind. I take that back. I, I don't think that the Giants... I'm trying to think the right words. I don't think they're a good organization. It's not... The whole Kadarius Tony situation rubs me the wrong way. 
where suddenly they draft this rookie. He has some great games. He gets hurt. He doesn't show up for this uh, non-mandatory reporting. And suddenly they say they want to trade him and they draft his replacement all in a matter of a week or two. That scares me. It just seems messed up and weird and not the type of thing that happens to a good organization. It happens to a good team. So I am not really touching Wandale Robinson or any any of these New York Giants players unless they fall to a, a place in the draft where I can't help myself. Which, interestingly enough, Saquon Barkley might. He's falling pretty far in the current drafts. Mechie the third goes to Houston. Mechie is a great possession guy, good route runner, and I don't expect stardom from him, but he has a pretty vacant wide receiver room around him. Apart from Brandon Cooks, there is not much in Houston. His quarterback is not great, though, either, so that's kind of the, the two-sided thing. But um, in long-term leagues, I, I do like Mechie because he could become the wide receiver one for the Texans who will be looking to draft a new quarterback. And if they aren't looking to draft a new quarterback next year, it means that something worked really well with John Mechie and uh, and David Mills. So I like Mechie long-term, actually, in this situation, but not really interested this year. Tyquan Thornton to the New England Patriots. They have a long history of reaching for wide receivers who then bust, and I think uh, Thornton will probably be the next in that long, long line. Most recently, it was Nikhil Harry, if you remember him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not going near near this guy. I'm not going near this guy. He was not supposed to go as early as he did. Mac Jones, I he's not shown reason for me to believe that he will support really relevant fantasy wide receivers. And they drafted another running back. So the Patriots scream that they want to run the ball. And they drafted Mac Jones' replacement. <laughs> So, uh, fantasy football-wise, kind of staying away. George Pickens to the Steelers. Now, this is a landing spot that I can get excited about, fantasy football-wise. This I can get excited about. He could become the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. They have a really long history of drafting these wide receivers well. Juju Smith-Schuster is gone. Claypool or Johnson are probably gone after this season based on the contracts and this pick. So if he has a good rookie season, he'll probably step into the wide receiver one role next season. I think he'll be very solid. And this is getting a little too specific. I think he'll be very solid first half of the season. But then second half of the season, I think he could really burst onto the scene. He was great at Georgia He's going to be playing in a very good offense. And the quarterback position, it's a little shaky. It's a little shaky. But but Tomlin is one of those coaches who can make it happen. And I think that with that quarterback situation being so shaky, Pickens will fall pretty late in redraft leagues. And I think he'll be a great value where he ends up landing. So I really like that one. Alec Pierce, not super interested in him on the Colts. It's a run-first team. And Michael Pittman is going to be the wide receiver one. Uh, so not super interested. I think that he'll be pretty solid in real life. I think he's a good player. But fantasy football-wise, not really my cup of tea. Sky Moore, on the other hand, is my cup of tea. He goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. He fell a lot further than I was expecting. The Chiefs are a great landing spot for any wide receiver since Tyree Kill is gone. 
Juju will be the predominant uh, possession wide receiver on this team to start things off. But Sky Moore, he is a great deep threat receiver. He is an incredible athlete. And I think that he might step into a wide receiver two role pretty early on. And if Patrick Mahomes and him have any sort of chemistry, this could become dangerous. So Sky Moore, I don't really care where he ends up going in fantasy football drafts. I will be drafting him because the upside is so much higher than any of the downside. The upside is wide receiver, you know, six, seven. That is the upside we're looking at for Sky Moore, who could potentially become the wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes. Okay? I don't care if he busts. When you've got that kind of upside, you got to take him. Uh, Chicago Bears, Valus Jones Jr. I'm not touching the Chicago Bears this year. I'm just not. Um, there was really only one other player that I wanted to discuss from a fantasy football perspective, and that was David Bell, who went to the Cleveland Browns. I found this interesting. He's going to have Amari Cooper ahead of him and Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's pretty much it. So he'll be the wide receiver three, but I think he can beat out Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's wide receiver from Purdue. He was very, very solid there. Wide receiver from Purdue. And he's going to be, I think, by midseason, the wide receiver two for Deshaun Watson. Now, it's important to note this is still a run-first team. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, this is still a run-first team. But I think that Deshaun Watson is going to force the ball downfield more than uh, Baker Mayfield did, and I think he'll do it a heck of a lot better. And Amari Cooper has not been the most reliable when it comes to injuries. He's gotten hurt quite a few times or just disappeared, and I think that David Bell could really emerge as someone you want in the back half of the fantasy football season. So David Bell and a few other guys are really interesting to me in the back half of the season. They're in situations where I think first half, they'll be pretty solid, you know, not really startable every week. But by the back half of the season, they might be really developing into very capable wide receiver two, potentially wide receiver ones. And then Chris Olave, make sure you draft him. I think he's going to be profit-approved. A little too early to tell, a little too early to tell, but uh, I think he's going to be profit-proofed. All righty, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fantasy Football Wire podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. It's also up on YouTube if you, uh, you know, enjoy watching me talk. And if you haven't already, make sure you drop a five-star review on the podcast. It really helps support this page and help me keep going. So thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next time.